You're welcome to Catholic View. I'm Sheila Pierce. Thank you so much for being here with me. Today's broadcast of the Catholic View is slightly different as we bring you an interview with Bishop Abel Gabuza about Freedom Day. And then later on, we bring you another interview with Elvira Robek, and she'll be talking to us about Kafka. So do stay tuned to the broadcast. Economic freedom, employment equity, violent protests, transformation, corruption are just some of the daily headlines that one is faced with in South Africa as the country marks 22 years of democracy. In a recent interview with an international news channel, Economic Freedom Fighters EFF leader Julius Malema said his party would resort to violence and remove the government if the upcoming local government elections are rigged. The ruling party, the African National Congress, ANC, has reacted to EFF leaders' remarks by asking the police to investigate whether to charge Julius Malema with treason. And on Monday, Bishop Abel Gabuza, the chairperson of the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference Justice and Peace Commission, called on all political parties to avoid making statements that could incite election violence and civil war. Let's listen to my interview with Bishop Abel Gabuza. Well, we issued a statement and um, we are disturbed, like many you know, citizens in this country, about the rhetoric, about you know, the talk that incites violence. We feel that there's no need for it. We are conscious that people are angry. That you know the slow pace of change, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of resentment and bitterness. The change for some people is coming very slow, and and that is something that we need to accept. However, there is no justification for any use of language that incites people to um, do violence and commit acts of vandalism in order for them to um, express their anger and so on and so forth. We we do not encourage that kind of language. We'll always speak of dialogue that it is important for us as people to have dialogue and conversation. We as South Africans have known violence for many years and therefore as we celebrate 22 years of democratic rule, we need to be very, very careful about how we speak about things that really trouble us and the anger and the resentment and the bitterness are there but there's no justification for any form of violence whatsoever 
what would be your words to the South African nation, especially the youth, when you look at, at statistics that were released uh, recently, whereby you take a look at top leading positions throughout South Africa are owned by a majority of white people. At the same time, you still have white people earning more than black people, yet doing the same job. What would be your words? Um, because like you said, there's too much anger. There's too much bitterness. It's 22 so, so, years in democracy. Yes. But when it comes to the economic freedom, things haven't really changed. We, we need to say this to the young people, that, you know, change is very painful. And it's not going to happen overnight. We have been under, you know, um, oppression, exploited for many, many years. And to change the policies, to change the mindset, it will take some years. I think the 22 years we've had, you know, are not enough for us to say we have, we have overcome. You know, I always, as, as a person who believes in God, I always say to myself, we need to look at what happened to the Israelites when they left Egypt to go to the promised land. It was a long journey for them. Scripture says it was 40 years, but all that Scripture is saying is it took some, some years, it took some time. And therefore, even for us, the 22 years into democratic rule you know, um, are not enough. It, it will take some time for things to, to happen. We have achieved political you know, freedom, but we have not achieved economic freedom for all people. And therefore, what it means is we need to work very hard. We need to uh, study. Young people need to study. Young people need to focus, not to lose focus, and, and just to dedicate themselves to, to what, should, what will be able to improve their lives. And, and I must say, you know, um, that patience is a very important virtue. Um, while we are able to struggle for economic freedom, we should be able to do so with dedication and patience. And, 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 and after, after this, we'll be able to reap the fruits because we have planted the right, the right seeds. So there's no need for people to be disillusioned, to say, you know, 22 years, but we have not seen the results. It will take some time. It means we need to encourage our leaders, inspire leaders to change policies, to work very hard in terms of changing certain you know, laws you know, that will enable people of this country to be judged not in terms of race, but to be judged on the content of their character. So it's something that we need to work hard at. It's not going to happen overnight. And of course, you also mentioned a violent process, and uh, we take a look at what has been happened recently, especially amongst young people at Varsity. There's been very violent protests, not just with regards to race, but recently yes. with regards to sexual violence, for example. We've just seen the students at Rhodes University and how angry they are as well. They were not necessarily violent, but they were angry, and the level that they've taken the protests uh, to is also something that we haven't really seen here in this country, but I guess that shows you that people are frustrated, especially the exactly. young ladies. They are frustrated, yes. frustrated with yes. all the acts of sexual violence and nothing is really being done. I, 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 I fully understand myself the frustration that many young people experience and 
the the I think when they look at where they are and they look at where their parents were and they find that they are not better than their parents and they say to themselves, you know, what has happened to us, to our dreams, to the new South Africa and, and the slow pace of transformation in all, you know, forms, in terms of education, in terms of living standards and so on. I think there is that frustration and one one is able to to understand that one is able to say it, it is a reality for many young people because they see that their dreams that they have are not going to be realized and they they see things that perhaps make them feel so angry and frustrated and so on but nevertheless you know we may be angry with certain policies institutions and so on but when we resort to violence, when we resort to vandalism, when we resort to violating the rights of other people, we are not making our cause to be worthy. What we are doing is we are blemishing, you know, whatever we feel should be done. And and therefore, I would always say to young people, just understand that we, as leaders, church leaders, we, we feel with them, we understand where they are, but we, we will never, never at any time, you know, uh, support or condone violence or violent acts or vandalism in any form whatsoever. And therefore, but we also say, you know, we should not lose hope. I think many of our young people are losing hope. We should not lose hope. We should be able to say, yeah things will be better, you know. And, and, and of course, as a Christian, one will be able to say, you know, the resurrection took place after the crucifixion. And therefore for us, what we're going through, it may be we're experiencing, you know, at the crucifixion. But no, we should be able to understand that there will be a resurrection and we will rise from from, you know, uh, the things that we find ourselves in, things that, you know, make us angry. So let us be hopeful. Let us have a bright future for ourselves. What too many people, too many, too many and then coming back to elections is that this year, not just South Africa that is going through elections in August, but lots of other African nations have been going through elections last year and this year. And we have seen the turnouts of some of these elections, how violence has erupted and how many people have lost their lives due to violence and violent protests with regards to elections. And one uh, big proof is Burundi at the moment. You've seen the situation yes. in Burundi following elections yes. in that country. Now, with the words from the EFF leader Julius Malema speaking that we will run out of patience very soon and we will remove this government through the barrel of a gun. Those were the words of EFF leader Julius Malema during yes. his interview with a, a, a foreign uh, channel. Now, Seeing those words and seeing what has been happening in the African continent and seeing that he or rather the party represents the youth of this country, what are your concerns with regards to this year's elections? We, we have always, you know, our continent, unfortunately, we have always experienced 
violence when it comes to elections. And we have leaders who feel and who think that, you know, um, they want to be leaders forever and ever. Um, we have people who have not been able to be honest in terms of the results. You know, elections have not been done properly. You know, claims of rigging the, the votes and so on and so forth. But the point is, the point is, we, we, we need, we need to remind all of our leaders that, you know, um, democracy is important and, and people should be able to, you know, accept the constitution of a country. And therefore, it, it's very sad when many leaders in Africa tend to, um, say to themselves they want to be permanent leaders forever and ever. They become presidents for life. And, and that frustrates many people. It, it, it leads people to, to do acts of violence in order to express their fears and you know, uh, resentment and bitterness. And, and it, it's very, very sad that you know, what is happening in our continent, it does not give a good picture about our leaders. And, you know, it, it seems our leaders do not understand that, you know, um, they can serve for some period and then leave the scene and allow others to come into those uh, positions of power. And therefore, it's very sad. Um, however, once again, we, we need to educate ourselves. I think there's a lot of education to be done in terms of people, people being politically conscious we also have a number of people, I can talk about in this country, a number of people who have given up. They say they won't register in order to vote. But voting is it's something very, very important. And, you know, uh, I think we, we need to express that right to vote. I vote personally. I go and vote not because I, I have nothing to do, but I vote because so many people in the past Many of our parents never had the chance to vote. And I do vote in the name of so many people, you know, who have never voted, who died having not exercised the right to vote. And therefore, I, I encourage people to go and register, make your voice powerful, vote for the party that promotes the common good of all citizens in this country. Well, I guess on that note, it's good to see that lots of young people this time around have registered to vote in the upcoming election. So that's a positive yes. turnout as well. Sure, sure, sure. It is, it is. And I, 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 know, I know in certain uh, districts, certain places, people were intimidated and people were stopped from voting. It is totally unacceptable when people do that because each and every one of us has a right to vote. And the right to vote has been a right that has been fought for. People died for this right to vote. And therefore, there is no need to sort of act as dictators and say, you know, uh, people should not exercise that right to vote. Hopefully, the when we have the moment to vote, you know, our there will be peace and the ambience and the conditions will be conducive to people voting without being intimidated and there'll be no violence hopefully and i pray and i wish that will not happen and then finally bishop uh, gabuza what are we celebrating today on this freedom day 
You know, um, what we are celebrating, whenever we have an anniversary, especially the 22 years of democratic rule, we celebrate and cherish a number of freedoms. We, we celebrate the fact that we live in a country that has a constitution that guarantees that all of us belong to this country and none of us can be treated as a second-class citizen and none of us should be seen as inferior and so on and so forth. We cherish those freedoms that many people died for, many people were injured, many people were exiled, and therefore when we celebrate tomorrow, we, we celebrate you know, with great remembrance cherishing what so many people, you know, uh, died for and were named for. And, and we celebrate the fact that, you know, uh, we, we celebrate basically, I see it as achievement. We celebrate hope that in life we should never give up and say to ourselves, things will never be bright, that darkness will rule us forever and ever. So we're celebrating light, we're celebrating hope, we're celebrating the, the fact that the human spirit is so important that, you know, there's nothing that can stop people from achieving whatever dream they have. And we have, we have worked so hard for, for this country to be where it is. And therefore, it is important for all of us to continue to work, in, to work in hard in order to make this country a very, very beautiful country where people of every race, of every religion, of every size can be able to walk in the streets, in the villages, in the suburbs, in the townships without fear, because they belong to this country. My thanks goes to Bishop Abel Gabuza, the chairperson of the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference Justice and Peace Commission.
listen to Radio Veritas, 576 AM, for a change. You're still listening to The Catholic View, and I'm Shayla Pirsch. Thank you so much for being here with me. Hope you're enjoying Freedom Day. Coming up next, we speak to Elvira Robek, Communications Liaison Officer for CATHCA, the Catholic Healthcare Association of the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference, SACBC. In this interview, Elvira talks to us about CATHCA and the type of work it does in the region. CATHCA is the Catholic network of healthcare providers which exists in all nine provinces in South Africa as well as in Botswana and Swaziland. And we operate clinics, um, old age homes, hospitals, hospices, orphanages, mobile clinics and home-based care programs um, within South Africa, Swaziland and Botswana. And we are an associate body of the South African Catholic Bishops Conference, um, as well as the voice of Catholic health care within South Africa. Now, as the Catholic voice for health care within the SACBC region, what is your vision and what is the mission of CATHCA? We basically want to provide um, health care to everybody within South Africa, um, from the people in the poorest rural areas all the way up until everyone that um, does not have access to it. Um, we're hoping to get all the dioceses involved, all the parishes involved with their pastoral care. So basically just uh, providing health care to everybody within South Africa. Now, as you mentioned, Kafka, of course, wanting the vision of Kafka is to work with all dioceses around the region of the SACBC. Does that mean that you also work hand in hand with the health sector of the the region of uh, SACBC? Yes, definitely. We very we work quite closely with the Department of Health. Um, and we are trying to get into all the provinces as well. We attend a lot of meetings with them. Um, we come to a lot of agreements with them. So we definitely work uh, with Department of Health as well as in the provinces um, to sort of work hand in hand because we do need each other. They supply the medication to, for example, to some of our rural clinics. So we need to have good relationships with um, the healthcare within South Africa. In terms of health care, what would you say are the main health care that you deal with as CATHCA? Obviously, I think the biggest problem within South Africa is uh, HIV AIDS, unfortunately, um, just because there are so many people affected with it. Um, another very big thing, surprisingly, is TB, which as a curable disease, um, we should not be seeing um, so much of. So a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, AIDS and uh, TB within specifically, again, rural areas. Um, Obviously, one of the biggest problems they have is that they're so far away from um, clinics and hospitals and doctors in the rural clinics. So we try and go into, like, the most deserted places. We've got mobile clinics that go in and do testing and take um, medication to to the, the patients. So we're trying to reach to those people that just you know, can't get to hospitals and and doctors and clinics. Um, We also do a lot of home-based care, especially for the elderly and the immobile, because for them it's impossible to, you know, to get anywhere. So we actually go to them, take their medication, help them, um, and hopefully get them better. 
We've actually just had our national conference a couple of weeks ago, and all nine provinces were represented, and it was absolutely fantastic. And um, all the different members were telling us stories of, you know, how they are improving their communities through works of God as well, because we do have, while well, we have a lot of lay people working um, for, well, within Kathka um, mm-hmm. as part of our members, um, we also have a lot of um, sisters and religious and priests and stuff, and they do. They always take the teaching of God and evangelize, you know, while they're doing it, which I think is fantastic because, as you know, just like they can't have access to medical care because of their, their circumstance, they also don't have access to sort of learning about God and, and, you know, having someone talk to them about God. So they do do that at the same time. What else are you involved with besides uh, HIV and AIDS and TB, tuberculosis? What else are you involved with within the health sector? Well, everything, basically. So, you know, as I say, it's basic um, first aid sort of for some for some people. It's the hospitals um, that we do a lot of um, for the orphans and vulnerable children. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our places... For example, you know, they start off as a, a clinic or, you know, just there to, to help and they turn it into something else. So one mm-hmm. of our members, for example, um, they now run a day clinic as well where they look after OVC, you know, which is your, um, you know, your children that are highly vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and the orphans. And so they're doing extra stuff like that. They, you know, they've built, um, a lot of them have built on their properties by their clinics. They're building or maintaining uh, gardens where, you know, they're then using that food to feed the people that are coming in um, to be, you know, helped with their medical care. Um, They're starting sports teams. So, you know, not only are they, they're doing health care, but a lot of our members are doing outreach within the community. There's a couple of them that are teaching the the ladies within the community, you know, to do the beading and the knitting, and then they're selling that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, while we supply the, well, while we, you know, supply health care to the rural areas, they're also trying to build up the areas which in, you know, which they are in as Mm -hmm. well. But now what about cancer? Cancer is also another disease that is killing a lot of people Mm. in South Africa, throughout the world and also in South Africa. And one of the major complaints from cancer patients is affording the medication. Medication is extremely expensive. Has Kafka had done or has any project in mind with regards to cancer patients, especially those in rural areas that really Mm. cannot afford any uh, form of medication? It definitely is something that Kathka looks at. However, the problem is, again, with cancer is the testing is so high. The equipment is it's so expensive mm. um, and it's very, very difficult. Um, but they do look at, um, you know, they we do, unfortunately, the palliative care side of um, of cancer. cancer. Yeah. Um, so once somebody's already got it and then, you know, they would come to us for, for, for palliative care. But... Unfortunately, with cancer, the the medication is so expensive. Government doesn't provide um, a lot of it, um, and therefore the people in the rural areas do not have access to it, or people going to government hospitals don't have as quick access um, Mm. to it as, um, you know, people that have got, for example, private medical aid or something. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the, the medication costs over, you know, 120,000, 200,000 rand a month, right. which um, is just, it's not affordable. Yeah, it's just not affordable indeed. 
But now, uh, anything else you'd like to add about Katka before I let you go? <laughs> Just, um, yeah, that uh, Katka's um, got lots of uh, plans and, you know, for the future within Catholic healthcare, mm-hmm. we really want to expand. We want to let people know what Katka is. Um, a lot of people don't know that sort of Katka exists, that there is this this body that um, looks after all the Catholic healthcare institutions within South Africa. Um, and if anybody would like any more information, they can visit our website, which is kathka.coza. Um, we have a Facebook page on Facebook, which is Catholic Healthcare Association. And we also have um, a Twitter handle, which is kathhealthsa, if anybody would like to follow us. Fantastic. Well, Elvira, thank you so much for your time and for coming through, of course, to the studio. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Sheila. My thanks goes there to Elvira Robek, the Communications Liaison Officer for Kathka, the Catholic Healthcare Association of the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference, SACBC. Tomorrow I bring you part two of her interview as she'll be taking a look at African Vaccination Week. You've been listening to Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I'll be back again tomorrow evening at the same time. Until then, do enjoy the rest of Freedom Day. God bless you and ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Shayla Pirsch.